Hey guys, welcome to the Improvement Podcast, where the mission is to help young men find clarity and fulfillment through the pursuit of purpose. On today's episode, we have another special guest. His name is Keith Mack, and he is a coach, entrepreneur, and a thought leader. Thank you for coming to the show, Keith. I appreciate you for having me, brother. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've seen some of your content. You make some really good stuff, and it seems like we're kind of in alignment. And so I figured it'd be good to have you come on the show, come speak to the guys. Yeah, I definitely appreciate you coming on. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Like I said before, we got started to see. Uh, Really to, to be on here, of course, to provide some value to whoever is watching um, and just ready to have some fun. This is this is where I live at. So uh-huh. I'm excited. It's, it's good to hear, man. Yeah. And so just to go ahead and hop in, uh, could you give the listeners a little bit more information about you and what you do? Yeah. So uh, as of today, I'm a, a mindset coach primarily. Um, I run my personal brand that's all based around entrepreneurship and mindset. Um, and so my coaching company right now, it's the program we run is called High Level Mindset, in which we help coaches and, uh, well, I'm sorry, individuals and business owners slash entrepreneurs um, scale their business and transform their life through identity shifting and self-mastery. Um, and so I got in that, what, about a year ago before that, it was more of just like running personal brand. Um, and so I've kind of been in this space for about six years now, have ran multiple different businesses in the past six years. Um, and for the past two years, have established my personal brand. Um, and like I said, as of today, running a, a coaching program, primarily also looking to get into doing speaking engagements. So if anybody out there, you know, has some connections, hit me up because um, I, I definitely love to. Uh, and so, yeah, that's that's about me. Hey, I love it, man. And speaking of speaking engagements, I actually did my first one this morning. No way. How was it's, that? It was uh it was kind of nerve-wracking at least preparing for it, but whenever yeah. the time came, I guess you could say like the podcasting kicked in. And yeah. you know, next thing I know, I'm just talking and I'm like, man, you know, I don't I didn't even think I prepared this much for it. And here right. I am just going. Luckily it was virtual, so I guess I was kind of in like my comfort zone because I'm used to yeah. sitting in front of the computer in front of the webcam, but it was great. And I would love to uh be able to get into something like like that again. Okay, so yeah, that's that's good to hear, man. And one question I'd like to ask you is, uh, what would you say led to you getting into this space, like getting into what you do now? Yeah, so it's a funny story behind it. It's it's kind of like a uh, something you would see or like you'd see in a movie or hear in like a, a book that you read. But uh, I like to tell this story. So, I mean, I've ran at least about four to five different businesses in the past six years from like uh, drop shipping e-commerce, you know, trading, you know, stocks and foreign exchange, if you want to call that a business was, mm-hmm. you know, in wholesale, uh, real estate was getting ready to get into the, uh, credit repair business, um, and MLM marketing, like I've had my hands in a ton of different pots. And so I was always looking for something to obviously make money, um, and have a vehicle that I can obviously experience freedom, which, you know, a lot of you guys watching this probably is doing now or want to do. Um, and so, I've ran through all of them at this point. Um, and I had just like, I was just with my hands in my pockets and I was like, okay, where do I go at this point? Like, where, where do I go? I mean, I've tried out five, six different businesses at this point. So, mm-hmm. I mean, what now was the question I had. So one night I went outside um, and, you know, at this point I was, you know, somewhat spiritual. And so I went outside and I looked up at the sky and I said these exact words. I said, what do I have to do to experience abundance and prosperity in my life? And what I got was be of service to humanity. That's all I got. 
And so in that moment, the question I asked is like, okay, well, how am I going to do that? Right? We always like, how, 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 how? So in that moment, I was just like, okay. Like, I just took that in and internalized that. Um, and now my mom always told me like, Keith, you have a gift, right? You have a gift and like, you just need to realize it and hone in on it. Uh, but I never really took the advice because I was always naive. I'm like, no, mom, I have this business thing going on. It's going to take off here soon. Don't worry about it. Um, but now I'm here. And so um, that night was like the turning point for me because I've always been into personal development mindset stuff like that has been. I've always returned back to that from the businesses that I've ran through from like even, you know, dating women or cultivating powerful relationships. It's all returned back to my mindset, like the mindset behind it all has been the only thing that's gotten me to perform in those different areas of, of life at a high level, whether it's connecting, you know, with people, building a business, whatever the case may be. I've realized that in order to do that at a high level that I want to, I have to make sure I have the right mindset. Um, and so that was like always something that I return back to. And so I started off my YouTube channel um, and I was just like, okay, well, you know, maybe this is not a business. I can just start making money right here, right now, but uh, I'm just going to use my gift. And so it was like a realization that I had, that I had a gift to be able to share information and inspiration and, you know, help empower people with the way that I speak and communicate. And so I started the YouTube channel. I did that for about a year. Um, and then after that, like I started a TikTok, grew that to like 16K, millions of, you know, views on that. And then last year at the beginning of uh, 2021, I started the coaching business where I was like, okay, I want to go deeper with this because I had already posted at least, you know, over 250 videos on YouTube content on TikTok and other platforms too, since I had already been sharing tidbits of like inspiration and motivational quotes and stuff like that throughout the past six years. Um, and so at the beginning of last year, I was just like, hey, you know, I actually want to start making some type of money from this. And so that's when I started the coaching business, invested over $20,000 into myself at this point since last year um, with business coaches, even self-mastery mindset coaches myself. Um, and now it's brought me to where I am today, where I focus primarily on delivering for uh, my clients, which mostly are men at the moment, um, and helping them further in their business, making more money cultivating better relationships, whether it's with women or whether it's with, you know, men, you know, getting on podcasts like this, just becoming who they need to be in terms of like their identity, in terms of how they're showing up in the world so they can experience the life that they want, whether it's financially or whether it's socially. So um, that's kind of like my story. I can go on and on about it, but that's like my story. And that's what brings me to where I am today. Mm -hmm. What would you say were your pain points that happened in your life that made it to where this was something that you continue to be tied to despite all the different directions you're moving in. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I realized mid last year was something, it was kind of like a blind spot for me. Um, but I grew up in a household where it was just a single parent and it was with my mother. And so what I realized personally is that one of the things for me was I always had like, so, I, I, okay, let me backtrack a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I had my father in my life, but he was in a totally different state. And so he wasn't in the household. I didn't have that male figure in the household. Um, and so as I started to get older, I felt that um, I, I just struggled with feeling abandoned. Mm -hmm. And so that hurt my relationship with men 
And so I couldn't like cultivate quality relationships with men because I had that feeling of abandonment towards my father. And so I kind of like projected that out onto other men and having kind of like a resistance toward building relationships with men. That was like one of the biggest things for me because I knew in order to get my way or in order to really live a quality life as a man here on this planet, I have to learn how to be able to connect with other men. Right. And mm -hmm. so, um, that was one of the biggest things for me. And then also something that, you know, if you kind of look at my social media, something that I talk about a lot is I used to be like somewhat shy and introverted, um, afraid of the world, just like this little boy who was just afraid of being seen, who was afraid of expressing himself um, and really putting himself out there. And uh, a turning point for me really was last year when I invested into a coach and mentor. It really helped me break out of that. But in hindsight, you know, you asking me that question, I just remember those things um, that I struggle with, that I speak to a lot, that allows me to, uh, you know, create transformations in the clients that in the clients and the people that I work with today. So what's interesting about that is that <clears throat> our uh, our stories are somewhat similar. So you talked mm -hmm. about like you doing a lot of things, moving in a lot of different directions that led to you doing what you do now. And uh, one of the things that you mentioned was getting into MLM. And one thing I'll say is that if it hadn't been for me getting into MLM or at least like MLM type businesses, uh, I probably wouldn't have even gotten into personal development because that was the first thing that exposed me to it. Doing yeah. stuff like selling, trying to sell different things, like whether it was like insurance or soap, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. books that they have you read and the audios that they'd have you listen to. Uh, that that was just something that I picked up and never did drop. You know, it went from listening to like the company audios to listening to different podcasts, listening to different audio books, and then just yeah. continuing to read some of that leadership development stuff. And so I can definitely see some similarities there. And then I know you talked about like the relationship with your father and really, mm -hmm. so mine was actually, my situation was actually kind of the complete opposite of that. And so I lived in a house with my father for most of my life. But and yeah. I, I grew up as like an extroverted kid, really. But one thing I'll say is that kind of the uh, you could say the the chemistry between us or maybe like the lack of chemistry or like the uh, kind of the push between the two of us made it to where in a way I kind of shrunk up where I went from being an extroverted kid to being very uh, reflective, I'll say, in a way or like very um, self-conscious. Mm. It made it to where I went from being that outgoing person to being someone that was more introverted you could say and you know that was from being in the house so i guess wow. it's, it's a little bit different but kind of got yeah. into the same thing with the coaching and all that too where i started to see how much of a difference it can make in my life whenever i started to develop myself and then really in a way i didn't have an issue developing friendships with with men it was more so women maybe because of that <laughs> so yeah. you can really see how yeah. kind of similar and like at the same time different that our stories were but, you know, right. I guess it's led to us kind of getting to a similar thing where coaching has been a new thing for me, too, that I've been doing in the past few months. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's that's crazy. It's literally similar, but different. It's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Interesting to think about, man. Yeah. But, um, What do you think was the uh, was the catalyst that made you flip from maybe looking at the things that transpired in your life that were negative and creating a positive out of them? That's a good question. So. From a young age, I always, and I kind of think this runs in my bloodline, um, but I give a lot of props to my mother because uh, not only was she just an amazing, amazing individual, 
but she always like I was like the kid that she always like propped up and like encouraged mm -hmm. and, and just the kid that she just f infused a lot of positive energy into. And I think that was probably one of the biggest things. And of course, me playing sports and um, being instilled with the right principles and values when playing football, basketball, you know, running track, doing baseball, you know, kind of all around thing. And so I was I would say as far as I can remember, maybe about 15 really was when it really started to develop was just like this mindset that separated me from a lot of individuals. Um, and so I realized that me being in a household where my mom was a single mother of four, three living in a household, me, little brother and sister, mm -hmm. uh, I at a young age, um, and it's funny because I, I dealt with this you know, because it, it ended up hurting me and I dealt with it late last year. But nonetheless, uh, from a young age, I realized I had to take on responsibility of helping my mom with little brother and sister and like kind of taking away from my life and dealing with the kids that were not mine. Right. And mm -hmm. that was my perception. Then I'm like, you know, they have a father. Why should they be my responsibility? And that was kind of the perception that I was living by for a long time. Um, and so, like I said, about 15 um, that mindset was solidified of like taking responsibility, having a positive outlook on life. And then from there on out, it kind of like played out into my life. Whereas in everything that I was doing, I just separated myself from a lot of people. And so whether it was a, like a girl or woman that I met or a guy that I met at the store, like I've spoken to people of various ages from like women and men, 40, 35 50 years old. I've even coached a guy or a girl that was uh, a woman that was like 55 years old. And I've spoken to guys 18 years old. And so just like of many different ranges. And uh, the biggest thing that separated me is just the mindset that I've had. And I kind of think now that I'm speaking about it, that's, you know, what played into my destiny of where I am today. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, nonetheless, I think just based off of the past that I've had and the accumulation of all the experiences that I've gone through, uh, it's played a huge, like pivotal role um, in terms of the direction that my life started to lead up until today. And so, you know, like I said, from the age of, of 15, having that mindset instilled and then allowing that to carry on to, you know, uh, further ages taking responsibility for my life. And like I said, being very different as I'm sure you see yourself too, as being very different from, especially men in today's society, guys, boys in today's society, because a lot of men, especially of our color struggle to, to operate in this world. Um, and I think it all stems from like our personal identity, which I'm sure we'll get into our mindset and just how we see ourselves in this world. And sometimes mm -hmm. it's hard to kind of navigate through this world in an optimal way because we're just not not sure of how to do it, whether it's, you know, just stuff that was influenced um, from our past or whether it's just stories that we've made up ourselves that's now, you know, having an impact on our current life. And so kind of went on a tangent there, but um, no, no, you're good. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, that's to kind of answer your question, man, I think it's just um, the influence that my mom had over me and then mm -hmm. me actually take, like, I was always a sponge. Like I said, I was an introvert. I was pretty like to myself. And so one of the, I guess you can say greatest qualities I had was I was always a sponge. Like I remember still to this day, me and my mom have talks, well, not as long now, but 
I'm talking like three, four hours, just her talking straight, pouring into me. And I'm very grateful, of course, uh, because it made me into who I am today. But all that stuff, you know, I always took bits and pieces, whether it was just subconsciously or whether it was on a conscious level, I always took bits and pieces from her uh, that allowed me to just forge myself into this very distinct man in this world of, you know, pretty similar men and people mm -hmm. really. Um, and so I'm very grateful for that. And obviously I don't mm -hmm. think if, if that, if, you know, she always said, like, son, I'm so happy you're my son and I'm happy you chose me as your mother, just like all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I'm very grateful because a lot of moms or just parents in general don't instill that within their kids. Because for me, like I said, it started at a young age. And so very mature at the age of 16, 17, 18. I mean, any of my mom didn't like it but you know funny enough I found myself dealing with older women because I had such a mature mindset and I was able to like vibrate on their frequency and not just women we can talk about guys too I found myself connecting with older guys because of the mindset that I have um, and that I've been able to grow into and so mm -hmm. you know I can go on and on but I attribute a lot of who I am today to her and just like everything that I've internalized from the experiences I've had with her, the talks we've had and everything that I kind of took from my personal life experiences, starting from, you know, like I said, 15 years old up until now. That's wonderful. And uh, one thing I'll say about it is that to have that, to have that strong identity that you settled into as a 15 year old, I'm sure that was extremely advantageous because one thing I'll say is that I knew that there was something that was a little bit different about me as I was going through school and you know, just mm -hmm. based on like the way that my interactions went with my peers. But the thing is I never did have the confidence to really accept it or really like move yeah. with it and try and do something with it. And so you talked about, you had that confidence and how you had kind of been able to settle into who you were and put yourself out there proudly. And it was kind of the opposite for me where even though I knew I was supposed to be doing things differently, that need to fit in and not having that strong identity, you can say, led to where I would sell myself short and I would do things that, you know, I really had no business doing or really that didn't even align with me just because I mm -hmm. thought, and it's an identity struggle that a lot of young men struggle with, kind of like what you were talking about, where I feel like I something was wrong with me because I was different. I needed to make yeah. myself fit in with what the other boys were doing, even though in the long run, I see it, it definitely wasn't the right thing to do. Right. Now, I mean, for me, I, it was something that I was very conscious and aware of because it, it literally manifested in every area of my life. I mean, I got a lot of praise from teachers. I got praise from just like random people I'd be talking to because the one common theme that I get from any new person that I meet, we talk about like how old they are and then I ask them how old they think I am or like, you know, they ask and I'm like, how old do I seem? I always get in between 27, 28. Sometimes I've gotten even 30. I'm 22 years old. And I've been getting all like these older ages since I was, like I said, 16, 18, mm -hmm. up until now. And so like when I was younger, I knew for sure I was very different from a lot of like the people out there. But there was still a part of me who wasn't yet ready to embrace it and actually walk in that. And I really didn't start doing that until like I'd say fully until like mid last year when I when I work with um, my self mastery and, and uh, mindset coach. But, you know, before then, it was like just me kind of like getting into it. Um, but like I said, when I was younger, I, I 
had accepted it, but I wasn't yet ready to fully embrace it and embody it and walk in that power because I was still kind of like afraid of the world, of what people may think about me. And I knew I had so much potential to live up to, but I was, you know, afraid of success. I guess you can say afraid of that higher potential and what that and what that would introduce into my life. And it kind of goes back tying into uh, the lack of masculinity in my life because mm-hmm. I was I was afraid of that tension. Which lacked uh, because I didn't have a father in my life. And so I was afraid of what that would introduce into my life. I wasn't yet ready to deal with that tension uh, that, you know, that would bring into my life. Now I'm like fully in my power, confident in who I am. Mm-hmm. And so I'm able to deal with the tension that people may throw at me, the judgment, the criticism, the ostra, you know, being ostracized or, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, I also struggle with women. And so back then I wasn't very confident of being able to just approach women, talk to them and not care about whether I get rejected, judged or anything like that. Now I'm like talking to beautiful women and and easily able to be in my power and be carefree just because I one know who I am. I've accepted who I am and I fully embrace who I am. And so it's a, a growth that a lot of us have to go through as long as you have the right guidance, you know, you can get there faster. But, you know, a lot of guys, especially of our color, don't have that guidance. Um, so, yeah. So I think what you're just saying kind of ties into a, a topic you brought up. We were talking earlier about identity shifting. And one thing that you mentioned about it is that the goals that you have in mind require you to become a certain type of person. And so mm-hmm. would you say that there were certain goals that you outlined in front of you that made it to where all of a sudden you realized that that tension was necessary to take on? For sure. For mm-hmm. sure. And please and elaborate on that. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was, a. Uh, it was always, I would say for what, 2022 this year, I would say since 2015, mm-hmm. it had always laid heavy on my mind that I need to learn how to become comfortable with introducing tension into my life. Right. And so, you know, what I was always, what I always knew is that I need to learn how to become more assertive, more confident, more dominant and more grounded within who I am as a man. But I'll just always shied away from it. And so Uh like some of the silly things that, you know, I try to get myself to do, which I do now, like without a problem, is like I'd get myself to go in like a store. I remember this like like cold approach or something like that. That and I would do like public challenges just to get Mm -hmm. myself out of my comfort zone and allow myself to feel that tension in the moment. Um, And I remember just like one day I went in the back of Target and I was like, okay, I'm going to just go in here and I'm going to just yell just like because just like some stupid, weird, crazy Wait, you stuff. mean like just like yell out loud at like the top of your yeah. lungs in Target? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've did I have I've did it at Walmart, HEB. I've done it now. But back uh-huh. then, like I was like, okay, this is probably one of the ways I can get myself out of my head and become comfortable with tension. Yeah, that's a major tension right there. Whenever yeah, exactly. like all the, the grandmas and all that start looking at you like what in yeah. the world? just yeah. happened like he's in the electronics department just screaming <laughs> no reason. who no is this guy all. man <laughs> yeah and so that was always a fear of mine was being like uh-huh. the center of attention because i wasn't yet comfortable with who i was and i wasn't you know just in my body and so you know i remember that one time i tried to do it and i i cowered it out and i was like oh yeah i cannot do this like i yelled like a, a cat meow like I, <laughs> I walked out i was like i can't do this like i can't 
Um, yeah. And so, you know, from then I just did like small things. Like I, you know, started talking to people in public, um, started approaching girls here and there. Um, but now, I mean, I'll literally send you, I've yelled in like the middle of, of uh, uh, HEB, I've stood on top of shelves and like Walmart, I've, you know, did some crazy stuff, not because, mm -hmm. you know, okay, let me change into a different direction, mainly because I know that if I can do that, then I will have no problem getting my way in this world. Uh -huh. Because the only fears that we truly have are fears of judgment, fears of being ostracized, fears of not being good enough, right? Those are like the, the three biggest fears, or the three biggest, yes, the three biggest fears that we have. So judgment, ostracized, mm -hmm. and not being good enough, that was the three? Not being good enough, yeah. Mm -hmm. Not being good enough slash not being accepted. Right. And so I knew that if I can overcome those three fears, judgment, like not giving a damn what anybody thinks about me at all, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's we like I talk to people about that all the time. That's weird as heck. Like nobody would do that. Who you don't see people doing that. Yeah, like, no, going pe in the middle people of don't. Stores, people no. don't. Like people don't even do well, I mean, I'll say most guys don't even do cold approach. And so definitely, you know, even less do something like that where you're literally just hopping up on top of like the the stuff in the aisle and screaming, nah, that's yeah. that's some rare guy stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like and some so one percent of the one percent man type stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, mm -hmm. the main thing for me with that was really becoming because, like I said, I was more of like a stay to myself type of guy, introvert, wasn't very confident in social situations. And so I knew that if I can overcome the fear of being judged, overcome the fear of not being good enough or not being accepted and overcome the fear of being ostracized or kicked out the group for being, you know, a certain type of way, then I can get my way in this world. I can mm -hmm. go and approach the hottest girl. I can go and talk to this high status guy that most people are afraid to talk to because, you know, of hierarchy, said hierarchy. I can make my way and find my way in this world and operate how I want to. And so, you know, those were like some of the things that I started doing like last year. I literally have videos of it. I can send it to you. But that and, you know, now, like I said, I approached a girl the other day in Target, got her number, cute Colombian, you know, bad. And this Man. all came from, <laughs> yeah, this all came from development. It was just like right? how you said it so subtly, like, bad, like, bad. like, like yeah. under your breath, like, that's not important enough. Yeah. That's kind of important. I mean, you wanted to be attractive, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh -huh. I don't, if you don't got that, I'm not approaching you. That's, right. that's, I that. mean, that's, that's the thing about it. Like, I don't, I don't want to interrupt you. I just want to interject on that one part. The yeah. thing is, that's all you can really see when you see a woman out in public. It's not you can see her personality or values and all that. Yeah. So it's like best thing you could do is just approach the ones you think are attractive. Right. 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 And to go back to what you said with like men not approaching, um, not doing approach, not code approaching. It goes back to the fear, mm -hmm. the fear of being rejected, the fear of like not being accepted. Right. The fear of being judged. Mm -hmm. Right. The fear of being ostracized, because imagine if you see this girl, she's in the middle of Target Target. Guys, if you're watching this, Target is probably one of the best go to's for finding cute quality. I don't know what women, it is, man. For sure. I don't know what it is, but it seems like Target is always the place consistently always. any time of the day. And I don't know what it is about Target. Maybe it's because they have like all the hair products and stuff or like the makeup. Yeah. Who knows? But right. Do not go to Walmart. 
Target. Um, Walmart not, is like the lower Walmart's echelon. Walmart's not it. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's like girls <laughs> no, no, in pajama no. pants and all that, like walking around yeah, with, with at Walmart. You know, stuff nah, on their head. Nah, you don't need that. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. But, you uh -huh. know, one of the, the biggest things with men is like just that, that fear of not being accepted, of, you know, approaching a girl and talking to her while other people are around. Oh, they're going to judge me. Oh, what are they going to think about me? Like all this stuff. And so something that I've you know been able to do and what I teach my clients is learning how to just be in your body, learning how to just be you. Because funny enough, like I've I've approached a handful of women um, around people like she'd be around like, you know, maybe three or four guys or mm -hmm. not guys, but just people in general. Um, and I'd approach her, talk to her and then I'd have like people nearby look at me and like smile and, you know, kind of like cheer me on type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, sometimes like our fears never actually manifest. Rejection, like uh -huh. people thinking bad, like none of that stuff. Yes, you'll get rejected, of course. But like we kind of think of the worst case scenario. Big. Exactly. Always right. project the worst case scenario on a situation thinking that the worst is going to happen. And it usually never does. I can right. only think of maybe like two rejections I've had were like the worst thing actually happened, but that was yeah. out of like, I don't know how many that I've done. So it's exactly. definitely not the common thing I would say. <clears throat> right. Right. And so, you know, the, the biggest thing is just, you know, as men learning how to one, find your identity, know who you are and, and really create that identity. I, you know, I talk all, all day long about identity, but like creating who you want to be, identifying who you want to be, who you need to be to get your way in life and business with women and relationships, whatever, um, deciding that's who you are and then like getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Like that's the, that's the popular saying, but like I've, I used to hear that all the time, like be comfortable being uncomfortable. But I never really understood it until last year when I really started to get out of my comfort zone, went skydiving, started doing public challenges, started approaching more women, started going to networking events, like, all this stuff becoming comfortable being uncomfortable and specifically within like social situations and you know skydiving but like i said the common theme from my childhood was like being to myself being introverted being afraid mm -hmm. of the world and so the opposite of that was me being the spotlight like not caring about you know what people may think about me or how people may judge me or all these different things that we kind of like project and then just allowing myself to just be like just okay. Be. Okay. Yeah. And I'll try and close the loop on it too, uh, yeah. to kind of connect it all back together. Mm -hmm. We talked about the identity and getting to the points where you can establish who it is you want to be. And it goes back to the thing that we mentioned before about having a goal or something in place. So really, I would say maybe a better word to even use is having like a defined purpose mm -hmm. that you want your life to follow and having a mission that aligns with that. And yeah. just you seeing the requirements of you uh, what you have to do to meet that certain mission to align with your purpose, it kind of tells you in a way what your identity should be, what kind of guy you need to be. You can probably see from coaching. Hey, if I'm mm -hmm. going to be coaching guys on these different things going on in their life, if, if they want to come to you about talking about women, if they want to come to you about you know, maybe making more money or maybe finding fulfillment in what they do, you know, relationships with, uh, with family and all that, you have to be a certain kind of guy to be able to fit into that role for these men. And you right. kind of find out what you what it is you need to be from the experience and also from your own self-reflection, probably. Right. Yeah, 100 percent, 100 percent. And one of the, the things I wanted to share really quick 
um, that I literally pulled up on my phone before this mm -hmm. was um, there is a book called The Four Year Laws of Power. I'm sure like all of you guys heard of yeah, it. Yeah, by Robert Greene, um, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. And so I haven't read it, but I've seen this around a lot. Uh, I think I need to get the book though. Not that's a dangerous book, book, man. Like if you're going to use it, yeah. use it to be like maybe proactive, like to stop people from doing this stuff to you. But yeah, yeah. some of that stuff, you know, it's borderline or not even borderline. It's actually unethical to like implement right. some of those things, but it's good to be like aware of this stuff. I'll see. I've read the book. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So if you've read the book, then I'm sure you may have heard of this, which is the law, uh, law 25. Right. And so it says, According to Law 25, you need to take control and recreate yourself according to your circumstances. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, one of the quotes that I've seen in here was, do not accept the roles that society foists on you. Recreate yourself by forging a new identity, uh, one that commands attention and never bores the audience. Be the master of your own image rather than letting others define it for you. Right. And so right. in this world, we allow people to define us who we are and we accept those roles especially growing up like one of the roles and identities that i took on was the shy kid like my mom always like identified me as the shy kid oh he doesn't speak a lot he's shy he stays to himself and so like that story i continuously told myself and it just became wired in as just who i was right and so what i tell my clients all the time is like hey look you can decide who you want to be like you do not have to accept the role society places on you at all. You're mm -hmm. no victim, right? You are a leader. You are an empowered individual who can choose who you want to be. Literally, you just have to believe that you can be that type of person, find role models who are that type of person and start to literally cultivate the habits, the traits, the characteristics, even the clothes. Like literally, I went through a couple identity shifts, but you know, things as small as like, clothes, what you wear, how you wear it, watches, like mm -hmm. just different stuff that, you know, puts together a new you that is in alignment with that ideal reality, whether it's, you know, making more money, you know, having better quality women, starting a business, like whatever it may be, you have the, the opportunity to literally forge and recreate who it is that you are today to become a higher quality individual. And get your way in this world. I want to ask you something. Yeah. So I forgot what phrase you use, but I'll just say, you know, the first one that came to my mind is like boxes or like stereotypes or whatever that they put us in or that society presents to us. And we have the opportunity to take on or not, but what would mm -hmm. you say are some of those boxes, you know, since we're both black men that you think are placed on black men? That's a good question. If I look in, in, in my life, um, I think especially as black men, we are limited in what it is that society believes that we should be doing. Mm -hmm. And so something comes to mind right now. Um, these stereotypes of black men either only playing sports or being a rapper. Like those are the two biggest ones. And I don't know if you know a brand, I think it's called like New Age CEO, but they have a shirt um, that says rapper, uh, rapper, ball player and entrepreneur. And it has rapper and ball player crossed out. Mm -hmm. And then it has entrepreneur like this is who I am. And so I think one of like, two of the identities that 
um, are placed on us as black men is like you are either a ball player or you're a rapper. You don't fit in the world as an entrepreneur running a business, multi-million dollar company. Like that's not who you are. And so we're placed into this box of like, no, this is who you are. This is what you should be doing. And if we kind of like, I have friends back home, Buffalo, New York, who raps and plays ball. And, you know, Buffalo, New York, it's a, it's a small city. And, you know, the influence out there is just horrendous. Um, but as black men, I think those are the, especially growing up, those are the identities in the roles that we believe we fit in. Nothing mm-hmm. outside of that, unless, you know, and well, not unless, but until we're exposed to other black men who's running businesses, running companies, right, and doing what they say we really shouldn't be doing. I feel you on that. And um, part of it that's really unfortunate is that I think the reason why a lot of young men feel like they need to kind of fit into those roles is really because it's one of the main things that they see. Not saying that that's all that, you know, black men do, but what's most prevalent, let's say, like on the news or like, uh, you know, in the media, what's presented as the thing that's high status for the most Mm -hmm. part is rappers and athletes. And then I remember coming up through school, how football players, they could do some of the most egregious, terrible stuff. They could say whatever to a teacher, but if they were good enough, they would still end up playing that Friday night. And it's almost as if like it's conditioning black boys to think, oh, you don't have to worry about being this um, this good person or following these certain rules as long as you have a certain sense of like social status or importance. And Mm -hmm. I guess they see that with the athletes and with the rappers because rappers in a way kind of get away with stuff, too. And maybe that's why they emulate that. And in a way, you know, there's so many different directions you can uh, you can go with this. But I figured I just asked the question, you know, since we both fit the demographic and have probably, you know, seeing how that's even played out in our own lives as far as expectations for ourselves and seeing people around us. But I just wanted to ask about that a little bit. Don't want to stay on it too much because there's definitely something else I wanted to ask you about too. And that is uh, emotional mastery. And so this is something that you talked about was a uh, big thing for you that's led to your success. And so let's talk about that a little bit. What would you say is the, uh, is the greatest lesson you've learned about mastering your emotions? You are not your emotions. Mm-hmm. Simply put, when you can realize that and disidentify from your emotions, that's when you can start to gain control over them. Uh huh. And I'll, I'll add this to it. One thing that I'll say is that, and this is something that, you know, at least I noticed like growing up among like, you know, other kids, where let's say if somebody did something to, to another person. Mm-hmm. they would blame whatever actions that they took to retaliate against that person on that person doing it, not only the fact that their own emotions or lack of control of their emotions led to them doing that. Oh, the reason why I punched this guy in the face is because he made me mad as if yeah. that person is in control of them and forced them to be upset. And I think that fits into this, obviously, because as being a grounded man, a man that can control his emotions and all that, whenever you get into situations like that, you might be around people that you don't like, or someone that might be pushing your buttons, men that don't have that emotional control, a lot of times end up ruining their lives because of that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel like this is so important, especially whenever you're pursuing something greater and trying to offer value to other people and create change in the world. Like you're saying, it's really a, like a prerequisite anyway, like kind of like a requirement to even be able to do this yeah. type of work. 
Yeah, yeah, and I was listening to a video last yesterday. I was going on a walk after uh, getting a lot of work done, and I'm glad we we're talking about this because it's fresh on my mind. Just a like a master tip for anybody watching this, and you know you can take this two away. If you want to really begin to learn how to control and master your emotions, see reality for what it is. Mm -hmm. See reality for what it is. Not what you want it to be, <laughs> not not how you prefer it to be, but simply see it for what it is. See people for how they are. And then also understand the nature of reality, the nature of people. Could you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. And so, like, understanding the nature of reality, understanding the nature of people will allow you to accept things a lot more than when you don't understand the nature of reality and people. So funny enough, speaking about Robert Greene, I read his book, uh, The Laws of Human Nature. Uh, and any of you, like, if you're watching this, I get the book. It took me like a month and a half to read it, but it's definitely a good read because it, it uh, helps you understand people at a fundamental level. And when you can understand people, you can anticipate certain things from people. Like literally, like there's times where I know exactly how somebody is going to operate when they're, whether it's like, you know, I don't know, like different circumstances, um, like humans are very predictable. And so when you can understand how people are going to operate, you can begin to anticipate it and you can not allow your emotions to get ahead of you, but you can get ahead of them. And so seeing for seeing reality and seeing people for just simply how reality is and simply how people are, Will allow you to have a better understanding on why people do what they do mm -hmm. and then when it comes to reality understanding that like reality is not how you want it to be reality is reality and so that business that you want to start like if we look at all businesses that were started across the world there is no business that just started and just like took off unless it was like funded by some other like ventures or like public figures like unless that but a business that nobody knows about that was created simply from scratch was it never just hit the ground running never it took a couple months maybe even a couple years to get up off the ground mm -hmm. and so most people's expectations are like no like this business is amazing and it's going to be easy it's going to be simple to get started and then when it doesn't they start to hit a plateau or they start to go down they get on this emotional roller coaster. Oh, I should be doing this. Oh, it's not doing this. Oh, this is too hard. Oh, this, that, and the third. I'm giving up. And then you let their emotions to control them rather than operating from a place of logic of understanding. Go, okay, okay, this is a business. I understand that this business is probably not going to succeed right away. Mm -hmm. But if I continue on, eventually it'll succeed. How most people do is they hit that resistance oh this is hard oh i didn't think it was going to be this hard oh now i really don't feel like really going through with this now i have second thoughts now i'm feeling this i'm feeling that and they give into those emotions right now with people let's just say you're in a grocery store somebody cuts in front of you they're in a rush right human nature says okay this person just cut in front of me i'm going to say something to him that's human nature. That's like our natural response because we feel like this person had just disrespected us in some type of way. Well, some, I'll say some, some. 
Like some yeah. people might not want the confrontation, but you know, there are yeah. certain people, say that. there are certain people that will say, Hey, this guy isn't going to cut me. Who does he think he is? Right. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. in both, both people are struggling with their emotions mm-hmm. because the person that says something could say, Hey man, what's like, is everything good? What's going on? Okay, if you see this person in a rush, then I don't know, he, he may need to get home, somebody is getting hurt, I don't know, something may be going on. And so most people, let's just not say most people, let's cut it in half, 50% of people, they'll react in a very offensive way. They'll feel offended. Mm. They'll go, they'll go off, right? That type of person, emotional roller coaster, doesn't know how to control and master his emotions. And then the other person who doesn't say anything, even worse. <laughs> because they don't know how to express their emotions. The person who is operating from a place of emotional mastery is an individual who cannot allow that, I guess you can say rage and feeling uh, of like being disrespected. They don't allow that to control them. Mm-hmm. And so they can speak up, but it won't come from a place of an emotional reaction. It will come from a place of me trying to understand why this person just cut in me asserting myself. Like, excuse so, me, sir, like, what is the reason for you cutting me in line? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, some like, you know, some that is a little, a little more like, you're not going off and allowing just like this anger to control mm-hmm. your day. And obviously, it's like, okay, why did this guy cut me? Like, there's a whole line that he should be waiting in. And so right. yes, uh, understandably, Um, but knowing how to control your emotion in that moment, that emotion that usually comes up, which is like anger, um, you know, mostly anger, learning how to control that emotion in that moment is going to be powerful because there's going to be other moments in your life that happens where that same emotion is going to come up and how you respond in that moment is going to determine the next, (laughs) the next couple minutes guy may kick your ass right? <laughs> and then you'll realize i shouldn't have said anything or in i should went about right? it a little better yeah in target he's gonna beat you up in target and that girl you got the number from is like mm, never mind <laughs> right game over she's not gonna text you game back. over no she is deleting your number yeah <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and so you know knowing how to respond rather than react i think we can like just simply use that knowing how to respond rather than react. Reacting is operating just simply off of an emotion right there in the moment. Responding is allowing yourself to like process that emotion, but Mm -hmm. not allowing yourself to operate from that emotion. Gotcha. And there's, you know, different directions we can go in uh, when it comes to like emotional mastery from like the social aspect and then like pursuing goals and stuff like that. but yeah, having like fundamental understanding of human nature, why people do what they do, um, and then like reality, how reality works and accepting it for what it is, I think will allow you to have a better idea uh, or rather a better scope of how you should actually start approaching the different circumstances in your life and mm-hmm. within social situations. Well, hey, thank you for breaking it down like that. I think you uh, gave them a pretty good idea of the importance of it. And I'm sure that if they want to hear more of it, they can also check out some of your content about I'm sure you have it on like your YouTube or Instagram or TikTok. But um, yeah. now that we're getting close on time, one question I usually like to end the interviews with is, and this doesn't have to be related to anything that we talked about today, but the question is, what would you say is the best piece of advice that someone has ever given you? 
don't allow the world to define you. You choose who you want to be and you define your world. Mm -hmm. All right. Great, great. And uh, for the people that want to find you, uh, where should they go? So I'm on YouTube at uh, Keith Mack, uh, on Instagram, official Keith Mack, Facebook, Keith Mack, Twitter, Keith Mack underscore one. Um, and TikTok, I'm, I haven't been on there lately, um, but official mm -hmm. Keith Mack there too. But YouTube is the main platform. I upload one video a week right now. I'm going to be putting a lot more content on self-mastery, specifically uh, identity shifting and entrepreneurship. So any of you guys want to check that out, that's where you can find me. Hey, love it, man. But uh, that pretty much wraps things up for another episode of the Improvement Podcast. If you guys like the content today, make sure to leave a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or, wh hey, whatever platform you listen to it on. And if you'd also like to find more content, make sure to go to improvementpodcast.com. But uh, once again, thanks for coming on to the show, Keith. I really appreciate it, and I enjoy talking with you. You too, brother. I hope you guys appreciated the show. You're amazing, bro. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you, man. Take care. You too.